Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Okay, we don't have to keep going. That What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Command Zone. We don't belong in the museum. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How is it? It's Josh Lee Quiet. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, Josh is actually 16. He just has never revealed it. He's an incredibly successful 16-year-old. How are you guys all doing today? We are going to have a very fun episode. First off, we have a Modern Masters 2017 preview card for you all, and we're also doing a double deck tech for the Game Nights episode that just came out. Yeah, super exciting. So... Well, first, we should talk about our sponsor, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Yeah. Speaking of Modern Masters 2017, that's the place to go right now to pre-order all of your products, singles, everything. They were going to have it to you as fast as possible and in the best condition. Yeah. How much of this stuff are you getting? Uh, I mean, considering what I know what our preview card is, I'm probably going to get a lot of stuff because our preview card, we're commander players, very excited about this. I actually don't own a copy of it. I don't either, so... Soon. Soon. <laughs> Soon. Um, also, very fun, Card Kingdom had a contest where if you pre-order the box of Ether oh, Revolt, yeah. you were entered to win every single masterpiece from Ether Revolt, and one of our listeners was the lucky winner. One of our listeners won one of every masterpiece from Ether Revolt. That's insane. Yeah, Card Kingdom let us know that, and we're like, holy crap, we won't call it the person's name. It's kind of like when you win the lottery and everybody you know is calling you asking for money. I'm sure everyone's <laughs> calling this person asking for masterpieces. To borrow his masterpieces, Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, Card Kingdom, awesome sponsor. Make sure you check it out, cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Um, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash command zone. These are the people that help make our show possible, including the Game Nights episode that just came out, and we've pledged to shout one out every single episode. This episode it is... Preston Jackson. Yeah. Preston, you rock. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. You are for real. All right. Okay, so we're going to have a special intro for our... Uh, for our Modern Master spoiler here, because we're linking people over at this very time code right now. Hey guys, it is exciting time for here at the Command Zone. We are going to preview our Modern Masters 2017 spoiler, but 
make sure that you also check out Game Nights Episode 4. It just came out on our channel. It's live gameplay of Commander, and we have a ton of giveaways in it. Yeah, you can win stuff, so that's the real reason to go yeah, watch it. So after you check out our preview card, make sure you go check that out for a ton of free swag that you could win, and also to check out our brand new series if you want to see this Commander gameplay in action because this card is a Commander card from Modern Masters 2017. By some uh, estimation... We learned this because of our last episode. Uh, considered the single most powerful commander wow. among competitive multiplayer EDH players. It's at the top of the tier one list. Um, all right. Take it away, Jimmy. The card is Zer the Enchanter. It Zer is. It's <laughs> I don't have any way to make that one. <laughs> I've been holding that the whole episode. Oh, <laughs> so this is incredibly exciting. This card is a very, very great card for Commander, obviously. It's an incredibly powerful card, so let's read it. It is one white, blue, and black. That would be Esper colors for a 1-4 flying legendary creature human wizard. When Zer the Enchanter attacks, you may search your library for an enchantment card with converted mana cost three or less and put it onto the battlefield. If you do, shuffle your library. Woo. So it tutors and then cheats something into play. We can see why this is extremely powerful. Um... The, the card I think that gets mentioned the most with Xur is Necropotence, mm -hmm. which is just lets you draw as many cards as you want at the cost of one life each. Yeah. And so Xur often is just kind of a, a, an engine to get Necropotence out. It's almost like having Necropotence as your commander. Yeah. And then you're in the situation where you just have as many cards as you want all the time. And usually from there, Xur goes into any one of a number of combos because you just, you're drawing so many cards you can find combo pieces. Yeah, so the turn after you play Zer or whenever you're able to swing with him, you basically have Necropotence out, and then you can usually combo off and win the game that turn. Yeah. So a lot of decks use Laboratory Maniac. If you would draw a card where your library has no cards, you win the game instead. And then they'll use cards like Doomsday to reduce the number of cards in your library. And then these decks will also play a lot of counter spells and to sort protect of protect their combo. Protect the combo, yeah. I think even if you don't build build Zur as like a super competitive deck, it's just an extremely powerful card because there are so many enchantments that sort of fit this bill. You can sort of get toolboxy because you can get like rest in peace, mm -hmm. um, grasp of fate which is a really good card. It's kind of like an O-ring for all of your opponents. Uh, those are, and Rest in Peace, sorry, is uh, a graveyard hate card. And just mm -hmm. the ability to sort of respond to what's necessary at the table because you're playing against a deck that's using its graveyard. Well, you can just shut that off right now with one attack from Xur. Yeah. That kind of thing, that kind of uh, flexibility is very powerful, even if you're not building one of these super hyper-competitive combo-y decks. Yeah, and it's three or less, so there's a lot of different ways for you to get this out there. It, I mean, you can do a one-man enchantment, two-man enchantment. Um, obviously, Rest in Peace is huge. Necropotence. Yeah. Necropotence is the yeah. one, though, yeah. But even like Oblivion Ring to just get yep. something off the table. Um, notably, this is the first real reprint of Zer the Enchanter since Cold Snap. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's a Judge Foil as well, but otherwise it is just... Yeah, this card is actually not super cheap. I think it's in the $10 range-ish. Mm -hmm. So it's a good... It's a boon to Commander players that they're reprinting it here in Modern Masters. I mean, obviously that price is going to go down now because um, it's rare, but... Yeah, it wasn't the e necessarily the easiest card to just go out and get. So Yeah, I mean, you could get an oversized version of it from Commander's Arsenal, I think. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this card's great. You can now have access to it in foil as well because every Modern Master Pack comes with a foil card in there. So this is really exciting. Um, and for me, what this says about Modern Masters is potentially going to be a lot of three-color archetypes because we already know Stoic Angel is on the packaging oh, that's for the interesting. set. interesting. Do you think maybe we'll get, like, Trilands? And, oh, my God, I hope so because those are my favorite. 
Jimmy. First pick, Tryland? Now, uh, don't get excited. Don't get excited. Don't, don't get excited. excited. Don't get excited. Although, the, I don't know. I've heard a lot of conflicting reports, but it sounds like there's going to be quite a bit of this one printed. And I think the price point's already a little bit lower than the last one. So Great. Uh, I have a lot of fun drafting the Modern Master sets. It obviously makes a lot of cards for Commander players also go down in price. So that's a great thing all around. All right. On to our normal, regularly scheduled programming. And we'll the, be talking more about Modern Masters, I'm sure, in the next few weeks. Yeah. And the decks that we're breaking down today, if you're still with us after hearing our Modern Masters preview card, were the ones that were played on Game Nights Episode 4. So if you haven't seen that yet, I'll say it again. Go check it out first so you can watch the episode, watch how they play, and then come back to this episode, or do the opposite order, doesn't matter, and find out what the decks are and how they work and uh, how we built them. Yeah, we'll try not to get too spoilerific. So on this episode of Game Nights, what we decided to do is we mandated that everybody was going to play with one of the new monocolored... Actually, we didn't say monocolored. One of the new legendaries mm -hmm. from E3 Volt. So Hope of Gearpoor is the reason we didn't say monocolored. Somebody could have chose that. Um, Jimmy, you demanded to play mono red. Heck yeah. To no one's surprise. To no one's surprise. Yeah. Um, it didn't do awesomely, but the deck was a lot of fun. And the deck can have a lot of explosive starts. I unfortunately didn't get to see as any of those in this game. Um, and then our friend Vinny, he played the Yeheni deck, which was also very cool. And I played Rishkar, Pima Renegade. This is the second episode of Game Nights in a Row where I had to play a mono oh, green yeah. general. Um, we didn't really want to do Baral, so... I, because that was that was kind of my other choice. Yeah. Um, so I went with Rich Car because Baral's just not going to engender the type of gameplay that's going to be super fun to watch. Like yeah. I counter this, I counter that, I counter this, and nobody's doing anything. And then our friend Wes played SRAM or SRAM or SRAM. SRAM. Yeah, is what it really is. Um, senior Edificer. So the two decks we're going to talk about on this episode are Rich Car and SRAM. And Rich Car because it's my deck that that I played and. SRAM because it was the coolest deck of the four. By far the coolest deck. Yeah. Although I would say that yours comes in the close uh, close second, and even Vinny's too. Mine was just, you know, I had a monkey in it, so. That's I funny. actually put it at the top of the list because it's got monkey. And yeah, you, you can therefore go. make monkey noises while playing the deck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to start with Rishkar, Pima Renegade. Rishkar is two and a green for a legendary creature, Elf Druid. The Elf part is kind of important. Mm -hmm. He's a 2-2. Two -two. When Rishkar enters the battlefield, put a 1-1 counter on each of up to two target creatures. And then it says each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it has tap add green to your mana pool. Whoa. So when Rishkar comes out, if you have another creature, at least one other, you can put a counter on Rishkar and a counter on that other creature. And then as long as Rishkar is out, anything with a 1-1 counter is kind of a Lanwar elf. Uh, so it ramps you. It... Makes your guys grow bigger also, which I think is something people don't think about as much. Mm -hmm. If you have two creatures that are already on the battlefield from the prior turn, they can immediately tap for mana because they're not summoning sick as well. So, Oh, that's a good point. So sometimes you can play Rishkar and still have two mana and do something else and just have really explosive turn three. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you think about it? Is it powerful? Yeah, I think in a vacuum it's the most powerful of the legendary creatures from Aether Revolt. Yeheni yeah. might be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think Rishkar is just, it's very easy to see. and For Commander specifically, too, because you're ramping with it. And that's yeah. a huge part of the game, especially would, for green. I would generally say that if you see a group of Commanders and you don't know which one's the most powerful, it's generally going to be at least among the ones that have either card draw or ramp on them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, or they tutor or do one of the other broken things about our game, or they cheat stuff into play. But we didn't have 
those kind of things. SRAM is the other one has card draw. So yeah. of course we're talking about that one. Um, yeah, so why did I choose to play this deck is the next question. Well, I, I chose last. So I had Baral, Rishkar, or Hope of Girapur, and you know, I chose I chose Rishkar in this case. That's a good choice. I could have chose Hope of Girapur. I you know, I've never actually seen played against a monocolored uh, or sorry, a, a non color a colorless. I played against a co- couple colorless decks at GPs, I think. They're cool, but they're hard to build and you have to have a lot of the pieces, right? So I right. Did, I, I I just wasn't confident in my ability to put that together in the time that we had, you know, before yeah. we had to start shooting. So those are the the real life logistics of how things work, people. <laughs> Josh has to sit there and be like, dang it, I have to build a whole new deck around this card that I wasn't playing on building around. I did tell you to take apart your uh, some of your old Marchesa you five color me deck. Too. Because there's so many cards in there that want plus one plus one counters like Gyre Sage and stuff. So I was very hesitant to take apart old decks, but uh, you were right. Because I just took pictures of what I took out and then I could slot them back in. Have you? Uh, uh, I haven't yet. So, <laughs> it's been a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've been busy cutting game nights. Yeah, exactly. So, so what's the plan? The plan for the deck was to put the 1-1 counters on a bunch of creatures. So I have a bunch of creatures that tap for mana. So now that I have a lot of mana and most of the cards in the deck sort of put plus 1, plus 1 counters on stuff, I do that until I use the extra mana to put more plus 1, plus 1 counters on. And then at a certain point, all my stuff's big enough that I don't need them for mana anymore. I can just attack with them. So yeah. that's that's kind of... Not not super revolutionary, but that was the general idea. Yeah. Um, let's look at the <laughs> stats. Someone asked us where that came from. It just comes from watching a lot of Sports Center <laughs> and like it similar esque shows. Zone. Yeah, from the Pwn Zone. Like the whole idea of just like it's the ridiculous thing. Oh, it's stats. <laughs> you want to know more? <laughs> um, so there are. 12 mana ramp cards in the deck. And I was actually surprised when I put the stats together because because Rishkar is mana ramp on a mm-hmm. stick, I wouldn't have thought that I would have so much, but I'm just addicted to ramp, so there's a lot. Um, card draw, 13. Hey. So a ton. Mono green, too. Yeah. Good. That was a big thing because Rishkar is scary in the way that you have to play it, which is you have to put a lot of stuff on the board because you need to turn that stuff into mana dorks that you can tap for mana, but then you're kind of exposing yourself to, you know, board wipes and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the way to mitigate that is to use some of that mana to draw cards so that if you do, if the bad thing happens and your board gets wiped, you're not like way down in cards. Yeah. Um, because that's the worst, right? You play all your mana rocks, you have a ton of mana. Now you don't have anything to do with the mana, you know, because somebody just killed a couple of them and you're just like, okay, I just got a top deck, draw this and hope it's good. Yeah, and green doesn't have that much card draw too. It has a ton of ramp, obviously, but not as much card draw, so that's that's pretty smart. Um, single target removal, there's eight, which is high. Uh, a lot of it is on creatures. So there's things like duplicant and mm-hmm. uh, and world breakers and stuff. Um, board wipes, there's only two. This is just a problem with green. There's just not a ton. The Great Aurora, come on. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to play the Great Aurora. So there's like Azuri's Predation right. and Bane of Progress, I counted it in that category. I mean, Bane of Progress is just an amazing card anyway. So Yeah. yeah. So, so the deck... We're going to get into a breakdown of sort of how the deck works here. The I sort of there was two realizations I had about the deck uh, when I was building it. One is that you're going to play Rishkar on turn three, basically every game. On turn three, that means on turn three, you need a creature to already be on the board. Mm-hmm. Because if you play Rishkar and can only put one plus one plus one counter out, you're very sad. So it's very important that the deck plays either a one drop or a two drop. The problem you run into if you start doing sort of the, the usual suspects of green one and two drops is you're playing, if you play Birds of Paradise, Lanwar Elves, that kind of stuff, 
if you happen to get two of them and you play a one drop, then a two drop, you're only going to get a counter on maybe one of those or not Rishkar himself. Mm-hmm. And also those cards aren't very good when you draw them later. So I was looking for a bunch of creatures that cost very little that either A, were very good or, or were still good if you draw them later in the game, and B, could sort of get their own counters so that if I happen to get two, then one of them got its own counter, and then Rishkar gets a counter, and he puts a counter on the other one. Because I didn't also want to be in a situation where I play a one-drop, play a two-drop, play Rishkar, only can put two counters out, and now only of my three creatures, only two of them have counters. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to mitigate that. So the first category is called Curve Out. Curving Out. So this is something I talked about in the Commander Summit episode that I've been moving towards a lot more in my deck building, which is the idea of curving out. And this just sort of took it to even the next level because there's a lot more sort of one and two drops in this deck. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first one's a really good card in the deck. Yeah, you played this in the game, and everyone turned and looked at it and went, whoa, this card's perfect. We do two games in game nights, and it filled both roles that it's supposed to fill in the deck. So in yeah. one game, I got it out on turn one, and the other one, I got it out on, like, turn 10. Yeah. And so... Uh, sorry, we should read the card. Go ahead. It is Endless One. It's Neldrazi from Battle for Zendikar that costs X mana. And Endless One is very simple. It's a zero, 0 that enters the battlefield with X plus 1 plus encounters on it. So this card is literally always on curve. Yep. From turn 1. It's not like Walking Ballista or whatever that has X, X in it. You can play this on turn 1 as a 1-1, one, one, and it also taps for mana immediately as a 1-1, one, one, which means that if you play another creature turn 2... And then Rishkar, you can actually have three creatures immediately that tap for mana. Yeah, exactly. Oh, except for Rishkar, sorry, because he has something sick. As long as Rishkar's out, Endless One is a mana dork. But also, Endless One fits that bill of, like, once you have a ton of mana, and you don't really care if you create another mana dork, well, then you can make Endless One, like, a 15-15. And then that's yeah. good for you, because, you know, it's a 15-15. Pretty smart. Um, similarly, not quite on the same spectrum, but it fits us the same bill, is Experiment 1, which is one green mana for a human ooze. Uh, it's a 1-1, one, one, but it has Evolve. So Evolve says whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, if that creature has greater power or toughness than this creature, you put a 1-1 one, one counter on this creature. So Experiment 1 is a 1-1, one, one, but if you play anything that's a 1-1 one, one or bigger, it gets a 1-1 one, one counter. It's and greater, so it has to be 2-2 two, two or bigger. It could be a 1-2 or a 2-1. Yeah, one. exactly. That's yeah. the cool part about it. Yeah, so so it's guaranteed when Rishkar comes in to get that other counter because Rishkar is a 2-2. Two, two. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're... Experiment one played on turn one is going to be really good. Now, it's less good later, but it can still grow. It can still do its own thing. Um, it also says remove two plus one plus one counters from experiment one and regenerate. Yeah, uh, so this card could eventually get huge and just have regeneration on it. That that text isn't as relevant, but it is kind of cool. But it's an impactful one drop that you can play that's not a totally embarrassing later in the game. Yeah. Uh, this next card is extremely good. It's so extremely good, good in so many decks. I would just I would just consider playing this in like all your green decks. Uh, go ahead. It's Gyre slash Gyre. Is it Gyre? I think it's Gyre. I don't know. Gyre Sage. I'm betting my monies on it. It's a creature elf druid. Again, uh, elf and yep. is very important here. Uh, it has evolve as well, so it gets bigger if creature with bigger toughness or power comes in. It's a one two, and it has the ability to tap add green to your mana pool for each plus one plus one counter on Gyre Sage. So. It, be- it essentially has Rishkar's ability at one counter, and then when Rishkar adds more stuff onto it, it just gets better. Think if you play Gyre... Did we did agree on Gyre or Gyre? I'm saying Gyre. Think if you play Gyre Sage, it's almost certainly Gyre because I'm we've n- come down I'm on I'm not one Googling side. how to pronounce Gyre right now. Wait, wait. Gyre. Gyre. Thank you, Internet. Wow. Never doubted you for a second. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, no, yeah. I always knew. Let's go never, get Jiro's after know. this at the Greek restaurant. <laughs> Jiro's. Jiro dreams of Jiro's. Jiro dreams of heroes. Um, 
So Jire Sage. Jire? Is that what you Jire, yeah. No, Jire. Okay, so Jire Sage. Think of if you play Gyre Sage on turn two. So I'm going to read the text again. You can tap it and add green to your mana pool for each 1-1 counter on it, and it has evolved. Mm-hmm. For each 1-1 counter on it. It's not because if, if it has one, it doesn't tap for one. If it has, or it does. But if it has two, it taps for two green mana. So if you play Gyre yeah. Sage on turn two, then Rishkar, the evolve trigger goes on. Gyre Sage gets a counter. Then Rishkar puts his counter on Gyre Sage. So Gyre Sage is already tapping for two mana. Uh, this card is extremely good. I like that card a lot. I like this one a lot, too. Yeah, this is one of the new cards from uh, Ether Revolt. Ether Revolt just keeps on giving. It's, so many good cards from this set for Yeah, this. and there's a lot of cards from Ether Revolt and Kaladesh in this deck. Mm-hmm. Metallic Mimic. So it's a two-mana artifact creature shapeshifter. It's a 2-1. As Metallic Mimic enters the battlefield, name or choose a creature type. What did we say was the important creature type before yet? They live in the woods. They have pointy ears. <laughs> Elves. It's uh, so you choose elves, or you don't have to. You can also choose ser- servos at certain points. Yeah. Uh, Metallic mimic is the chosen type in addition to its other types, and then each other creature you control uh, of the chosen type enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. So you play Metallic mimic on two. You name elf. Now Rishkar comes in and automatically gets a counter from Metallic mimic, mm-hmm. and then you can place the the counter from Rishkar on the Mimic, and if you played a one-drop on the one-drop, and now you've got three creatures that tap for mana because Mimic's adding extra counters. Also, Mimic adds extra counters to all the elves in the deck, and it's not like there's a ton of them, but there are enough that it's totally worth it. Yeah, and like you said, Servos later on as well. Yep. There are cards that generate a lot of low mini one ones, and Metallic Mimic, it's a card that, because it's a shapeshifter, you can play it in different parts of the game and have it impact because you know in your hand or in your command zone what you want to affect with it. Yeah. So that's sort of the curve out. You you really want to play a one drop, then a two drop, then Rishkar, or at least a two drop, then Rishkar. You really mm-hmm. want to have um, two creatures that you created turned into mana dorks on turn three. And that was the second realization about the deck, which is that turn four, if you do it right, you're always going to have six or seven mana available. So you sort of skip your turn, your turn four or five, and mm-hmm. you jump right to six. Because if you play Rishkar and put one counter on one thing, then you play a land the next turn, you got four lands and two mana dorks, that's six mana. So I really paid attention to the six and seven drop slots because uh, that was kind of the play sequencing I saw from the deck. So what did I want to accomplish with those slots? How did I want to have really big turns? And I, I wanted to really set myself up on turn four for the rest of the game, protect myself from the things the deck's weak to, mm-hmm. You know, set other decks back, just set up some sort of good engine going. So... The next category is called six and seven drops. On turn four slash five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the first one is... Go ahead. Soul of New Phyrexia. Put this on my top ten artifacts list. Six mana, six, six artifact creature avatar with trample, but two abilities on it. They both cost five mana. The first is permanence you control for five mana. Gain indestructible until end of turn. And then you can pay five mana to exile Soul of New Phyrexia if it's in your graveyard. And you get the same ability of making a permanence control gain indestructible. So it's anti-board wipe times two if you have ten mana. Yep. So, but even just times one is usually it's usually good enough. Yeah, yeah. and and w- like I said, one of the things the deck is very scared of is board wipes. So, getting the soul out early, having it there as a means to save yourself from board wipes is very good. This next card, we just keep talking about it. Yeah, it's this deck could overperform like crazy. Yeah, this it's insanely good in this deck. It's Zendikar Resurgence. So it's five green green for an enchantment. Whenever you tap a land from mana, add one mana to your mana pool of any t- uh, type that land produced. And then whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. So if you get this card out on turn four, which is very possible, I think, I don't know if I did it on game nights, but if you play like 
uh, Endless One into Metallic Mimic into Rishkar. Turn four, you're playing Zendikar Resurgent, and you are off to the races. You doubled the, the amount of mana your lands produce, and every time you play a creature, you're drawing a card. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an extremely good card. I mean, the fact that you just get to keep making stuff and you're you're fueling yourself to do more stuff, it pairs very well with this next card, which is all about... Like, if you can tell, Zangatar Resurgence was about ramping you and also giving you card advantage. Same with this next card. It is Rishkar's Expertise. It is our preview card uh, from Ether Revolt. Four green green for a sorcery. Draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. Guaranteed they're going to be pretty big because you're, you're putting plus one, plus one counters and everything. And then you may cast a card with converted mana cost five or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. You draw like five cards and you get to choose from your whole hand a card with CMC five or less and just play it for free. It's, it's insane. You you have these turn uh, fours where even modestly, if Rich Card's your biggest creature and it's a three three, you draw three cards, play a five drop. Yeah. It's pretty nutty. Those are insane turns. So Rich Card's expertise, uh, that's a that's a staple. That's a commander staple. I think it's going to go in almost all the green decks. It's I very so good. Too. Every time I've had it in my hand and played it, I've just been like, this card's insane. Mm -hmm. Like, I just draw four cards, and then I still play something awesome? Yeah. Like, usually you have to choose. Okay, do I want to harmonize and draw this turn, or do I want to play this four drop? Yep. Uh, I guess I'll draw cards. I Which card? You get a little bit of everything. I'll with just do cards. both of those yeah, things. why not both? <laughs> you know? Why not? Um, so, the next card is... Are we worried about lighting here? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, if you can see me in the video, I'm like dipping in and out of light. Here, I'll stand over here. Okay, I don't even know. No, it's it's fine. I think we just leave it real cozy like this. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's so that the sun's not burning my face <laughs> off. Yeah, okay. All right. The face comes off. Um, <laughs> I want to take his face. The off. last one we're going to talk about in this category of six and seven drops on turn four is Bane of Progress. Great card. Four green green for a 2-2 two, two creature elemental, but when Bane of Progress enters the battlefield, destroy all artifacts and enchantments. You can just stop there. <laughs> oh wait, there's more. <laughs> it would be it would still be great if it just did yeah, that, right? Exactly. But no, you put a plus one plus one counter on Bane of Progress for each permanent destroyed this way. Synergy. Synergy with Let me the deck. just say what happens when you're the green deck, what everybody else does for the first four turns. Oh, they play mana rocks and stuff. Yeah. Boom. Bane of Progress. Boom. So on you just end up great. with like a six six or a seven seven maybe, and mm -hmm. you set them back. You know they're all they're all doing stuff, and they're like, okay, my next turn, my fourth or fifth turn is the turn when I've got six or seven mana. Nope. Yeah. Really good card. Yeah. Uh, big fan of that guy. All right, let's move to the next category. Oh yes, this is uh, very quickly. This is becoming my favorite category in a lot of decks because I just find that these cards blow people out out of the water. Yeah, they just, just don't expect them. They're not ready for them. Yeah, uh, it's like that. Uh, what was it? Second sunrise. Mm -hmm. Second sunrise. You played uh, the second card we're going to talk about here yeah. uh, in the in the game nights too, and it to great effect. So, uh, this is protect my board stuff that essentially says, "Hey, you're trying to do stuff to my board." Heck, nah. Uh, Soul of New Phyrexia did the same thing, which is making your permanence indestructible. A new card from Youth Revolt is heroic. Intervention. One in the green, uh, you get to summon a Johnny to stop uh, something bad from happening, which is an instant that says permanent to control, gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. This is the double whammy. This sometimes could be a one for one. They point something at us at a creature of yours. You just use this to give it hexproof, or this could save your entire board, uh, not just any part of your board, every permanent. So lands included. This stops last ma mass land destruction. Enchantments, artifacts, planeswalkers, whatever. Unless it says exile, heroic intervention is going to stop it from happening. Yeah, or negative X, negative X. Right. But those are very, I mean, those happen, but they're corner case. Um, yeah, this this card's just really good. And in only two mana, it's not super hard to hold it open, especially when your, your guys tap for mana. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and the next one is Inspiring Call. 
This card is even better. <laughs> this card's ridiculous. So in this deck, it's two and a green for an instant. Draw a card for each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it. What? Those creatures gain indestructible until end of turn. Nice. So a lot of times this is save you from a board wipe draw for four or five cards. Yeah, this was nuts when you played it. Yeah. It, it definitely saved you. It and was still pretty early in the game, too. I, th- I want to say it was turn five or six. Yeah. yeah. It caught you right up, though, which oh, was yeah. great. Oh, yeah. It was like refill my hand. Blank, I think, you know, your removal spell, your board wipe. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Uh, the next category is stack those counters. Stack them up. To the ceiling. <laughs> so this is just the things that are adding more counters to your guys. So Nissa, Voice of Zendikar, one green green for a Planeswalker Nissa with three loyalty. Your plus one is put a zero one plant creature token onto the battlefield. Your negative two is put a one one counter on each creature you control. And the negative seven doesn't matter too much, but you gain X life and draw X cards where X is the number of lands you control. Notably, you can do this immediately she comes out. So for three mana, you get an effect that says that sorcery speed, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control, and Nissa sticks around. Otherwise, you're making the zero ones and taking her up to put the plus one, plus one counters on eventually. Yeah, and actually making the zero ones is not bad because it, if you have other effects that are going to put a plus one, plus one counter on or the next turn you are, then you're basically making land wilds, mm-hmm. which is a totally different thing for a plus one. Yeah, it's uh, in fact, it's kind of like... Uh, Freilis, yeah. yeah, she makes like little guys that can tap her mana. Nissa can just do this to your whole board at yeah. minus two. So at sorcery speed, you could potentially go from like five mana to to ten, depending on how many little guys you have on the field. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, the next card is another new card from Ether Revolt. It's Ridge Scale Tusker. It's a mythic uncommon, as they like to refer the to it. The budget Verderous Gear Hulk. Actually, I think a little better than Ver- Verderous Gear Hulk in this deck. Yes. Uh, three green green for a five five creature beast. When Ridgekill Tusker enters the battlefield, put a one one counter on each other creature you control. So wow. it nisses, but it's also a five five. Yeah, um, and it's great. Again, this just blows up fast. Like again, if you have a lot of tokens out, you have a lot of guys that don't have the counters. You're like, ah, they don't tap for mana or whatever. Ridgekill Tusker and Nissa are both ways to just make your mana. Yeah, both of roof. those give you these turns where you didn't look that scary. They're like, oh, only two of your guys tap for mana. You yeah. didn't, you didn't find anything, and then you go. You know, and you, but you've got five or six creatures, and you go, boom, play one of them, turn all those guys into, into mana dorks, and now yeah. all of a sudden, oh, you have 12 mana. I thought you only had six. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, this last one's great. Hardened Scales. Pick up this card, because it seems to be going in every deck. Overperformer, for sure. Green, yeah. one just and that's the thing, costs green mana for an enchantment. If one or more plus one, plus one counters will be placed on a creature you control, that many plus one, pl- that many plus one, plus one, plus one counters are placed on it instead. So... Rich card puts on one counter. Harden scales is like, no, I'm going to harden those scales. You get two plus one plus one counters. So if you played on turn one, then a two drop. Now when you play Rishkar, yeah, you get four plus one plus one counters as long as you spread them out. You know? Yeah. Uh, and that's the other part about this deck is you're making a lot of mana, but you're also making buff creatures that are hard to get through. Yeah, so eventually you're like, oh, I don't need mana. I just, I just attack you. Yeah, and you need to finish big as our last category here is. Finish big. With this great card. Everyone <laughs> everyone loves this one. <laughs> we're not going to hear anything about this card. Um, well, it didn't win that game, so we're no. probably fine. It's Triumph of the Hordes. It's two green green for a sorcery. Until end of turn, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, gain trample, and infect. The trample part's the part that really is just mean. Th- that's why this works. That's why yeah, this yeah. usually wins is because you can block the creatures, but, like, sorry, you're still getting in five infect here because of trample, three there, two there, you die. Yeah, there's certainly turn, like, fours where you could possibly kill people because if you play, let's right. say you play Endless One into Metallic Mimic into Rishkar, right? Mm-hmm. 
then you have enough power on the board at that point because you'll have three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten from uh, trying for the hordes to if nobody's got a blocker. And it's turn four. Sometimes they don't. So sometimes you can just be real mean. Whoop. But the good thing about Triumph for the Hordes is really just those later turns when, like we said, you've got six or seven creatures and they've all got a couple plus one plus one counters on them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people can't even chump block that well now because you got Trample. It's true. Oh, this card actually uh, super good in the deck because it does two things you want to do. So go ahead. Yeah, this is actually a commander-only card from Commander 2015. Yeah. Great. It hasn't seen a lot of play, but in this deck, it's like near perfect. Yeah, Great Oak Guardian, five and a green for a creature tree folk. With Flash, so you can cast this anytime you can cast an instant. It has Reach. It's a 4-5. When Great Oak Guardian enters the battlefield, creatures target player controls gets plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. Untap them. So it's kind of like Palancron for your creatures almost, except mm -hmm. you do every creature that you have untaps. And they get bigger. I mean, you're going to choose yourself, obviously, yeah. for this one. So you can tap your creatures to cast Great Oak Guardian because it will untap them. So now that they've gotten bigger, they can now attack. And you can float the mana that you're not using either. Yep. Pretty crazy. Yeah, this card, very, very, very good. Uh, and again, you can always just use it to maybe you've got enough creatures that it makes sense that you just want to untap them or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and the last card. <laughs> it's you put, funny you put because... some real winners in here, literally. It's, it's funny because I'm on the, listen, slow down, let's not talk about banning, banning stuff train. And, and then I did the thing that's the most likely to <laughs> have people call for its banning. Yeah. It's Paradox Engine. This is the perfect deck for it. It's five mana for a legendary artifact. Whenever you cast a spell, untap all non-land permanents you control. We said uh, on the Commander Summit that it doesn't go in every deck, but it definitely goes in decks like this where you're turning all your stuff that's not lands in. The, you're making it all tap for mana. Yeah. So they all untap. Anytime you cast a spell, you combine this with send the card Resurgent, you cast a spell, draw a card, untap everything. You're probably going to be able to play that card. And, and then, then untap everything. And then draw. And then you're, you're <laughs> literally adding mana to each time because you're, if you're cat tapping for more than the card costs, then you have a little extra mana left over when everything untaps. So. Yeah, let's say you have six creatures with one-on-one -one counters on it. You yeah. tap all six of them. So you have six mana it's in your nuts. mana pool. Then you play a four-drop. Well, Paradox Engine untaps all your stuff, so you've got two mana left. Yeah. So if you do that again, you can just actually gain mana. It's crazy. This card's crazy in this deck. It leads to these turns, and you have to have some card draw with it. Um, but mm -hmm. it can lead to these turns where you sort of play your entire deck. Yeah, it's essentially what you're doing by the end there. You were just yeah. dumping out your deck because you kept drawing from Zendikar Resurgent, playing a creature because this deck is heavy on creatures and just whoop, 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 just going off. Yeah, and eventually you 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 find like Rishkar's expertise and you play that. And now oh, you, God. And now you draw like nine <laughs> cards and then you're like, well, I can never run out cards because everyone, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. This next card I didn't get out, but I believe it is extremely good in the deck. Mm-hmm. It's Wirewood Symbiote. Oh, yeah. This is an Eternal Masters um, reprint draft hero. <laughs> it's a, so it's one green mana for a creature insect. It's a 1 1. It says, return an elf you control to its owner's hand, untap target creature, activate this ability only once each turn. So this allows you to return Rishkar to your hand and then play it again to put more 1 1 counters out. Also, there are other elves in the deck. It also allows you to untap a creature. So you can do things like tap Rishkar for mana, tap another creature for mana. There's two mana in your mana pool. Now use Wirewood's ability to bring Rishkar back to your hand and untap the creature that you tapped. And Play Rishkar. Yeah. Yeah. So and then add more counters to more creatures that can tap now. And so you essentially, you're like playing Rishkar for almost very, very close to free, essentially. Yeah. 
So, and there's other unto the battlefield effects on certain other creatures. So it's yeah, it's, it's just a good, it's a good, it's a good one. You can sometimes untap other people's creatures too. Actually, true. You could just yeah, true because it's once each turn. Yeah. Also, if you get Vidalcanori out, which is in the deck, then you can sort of start doing it on my turn, on your turn, on Jimmy's turn. Yeah, totally. Yeah, this card did work. Animation module, another overperformer per overperformer in another the deck. Another one drop from Kaladesh. It costs one mana for an artifact. Whenever one plus one plus one or whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are placed on the permanent you control, you may pay one generic mana. If you do, create a one one colorless servo artifact creature token. So anytime Rich Card's ability adds something, you can pay an extra mana and you get tokens. Now you can also tap this for three and tap it. Choose a counter on target permanent or player. Give that permanent or player another counter of that kind. So you can make your guys buffer as well. And then that triggers the first part of this ability because a plus one plus one counter is placed on something and you can pay one, make another servo artifact creature token. Yeah, basically if something has a one one counter on your board, you can always pay four mana uh, and tap the animation module to add a counter and make a servo. Yeah, absurd. Yeah, but... There's so many things like Ridgecale Tuskers, you know, Rishkar himself, Verdur's Gear Hulk, stuff like that that are mm -hmm. adding counters that you're just often getting little servos extra. And and this deck wants a lot of just, you know, they just want a lot of expendable creatures laying around that I, they can put counters on. Yeah, and so the Metallic Mimic works great with these as well. Makes them all into two twos that are now mana dorks. Yeah, that's Oof. the that's the reason you might sometimes say servo with Metallic Mimic, which I failed to do in the episode, but I should have done. Oh yeah, but I didn't. I don't think I knew at that point that that it was going to. You didn't see the uh, you didn't see the line. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I knew that I was going to quite go off with Metallic Mimic. Or oh, yeah. Animation module with Paradox Engine, pretty good, too. All right, so how does the deck it. play? What's the deck week two? You got to test it a couple of times. Maybe you've played it since then. Um, yeah, well, it plays... It's really fun, and this is one of the reasons that I've been moving towards lower curve decks is because you just get to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, think of how many one-drops we talked about. Wirewood Symbiote, Animation yeah. Module, Hardened Scales, Endless One, like... That you're playing something on one, two, three every game, so you just you don't have these games where it didn't feel like you did much. You always do stuff. Now sometimes you then somebody goes turn four Wrath of God, yeah, and you go well, uh, why, why? <laughs> but I did do stuff back then. You're just like not like this, please. <laughs> not like this. Not like not this. Like this. Um, so it's super fun to play. You just got a lot of stuff you're doing. You always have plays. You have tons of mana, mm -hmm. uh, but it is creature based. So it is one of these really fragile decks. That yeah. It is fragile, but turns out when you're just able to have an explosive turn, doesn't matter. Sometimes you're just like, I don't know, it's turn seven. I'm just going to play every card in my deck. Yeah. And it's and cool. And I'm going to, one of those is going to be Concordant Crossroads, so it can attack right now. Like, it, it can have those kinds of turns for sure. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's very powerful, It's but it's it's got some gaping holes. So if people have removal, because sometimes you can just get rid of Rishkar, and now all of a sudden it turns off all your... Uh, other creatures' ability to tap for mana, and that will yeah. turn off a lot of what's happening too. A lot of people are afraid to remove a two-two because they're like, ah, whatever, it's a two-two. It's like this card's closer to an enchantment at this point yeah. than a two-two, and it, yep. it is important to remove it, um, especially because it takes someone from like five mana to eight or to nine all of a sudden. So very, very powerful indeed. I could also see like if if it's like two out of three things have to go right for the deck to work. Let's say you have some of the parts, but you don't have card draw, then you're just done. Yep. You know. Or you have some of the parts, but you don't have the right amount. Well, you'll, you'll always have ramp, which is nice. You always have one of the three things you sort of need to go off. Yeah, that's why you can sort of over, you know, there's a lot of card draw on the deck because yeah. I just wanted to make sure, like, the velocity of it's very high because you never want to be like, I got, I can tap for 12, 15 mana, but I have nothing to spend that on. Yeah. Anyway, deck's very fun. 
Yeah, very fun, very powerful, very explosive too, especially when you get Paradox Engine out. Um, in a deck like this, when you have mana dorks around or creatures that can tap for mana, Paradox Engine is remove on site, 100%. Oh, yeah. I think if anybody puts it in their deck, you have to remove it on site. You have to assume that they, they put it in their deck because their yeah. deck is good for it. So <laughs> I'm good for it. Yeah. I, it, listen, it's an extremely good card. Yeah. And remember, you can check out the deck list for this deck and the next one we're going to deck tech in the description below the videos, as well as on collected.company, which is our new magic hub for this stuff. And our editor also, for the show is, I'm just kidding. You can also find them on the Game Nights episode. Yes. Along with the other decks, the Karzev deck and uh, mm -hmm. the Yeheni deck. Yeah. Oh, man, this deck. So as sweet. much as I did, my deck was fine, and I liked it, uh, and it was fun. In fact, I think I would have liked it a lot more, except for Wes's deck just looked so awesome yeah well, uh, there was one person at the table that always had seven cards in his hand and 17 million things on the table and yeah. he's just doing stuff I, we got to apologize to wes because um because of scheduling and we kind of messed up we forgot we were supposed to do this episode he's in the middle of a move as well yeah so, so. we would really like to have get it good good english josh <laughs> we would really have liked to get him on this episode um uh, because he's a good friend of ours been in our play group mm -hmm. um and he built an awesome deck so yeah He's also a game designer, like we talked about in Game at Nights. At Riot, on the it, biggest video game in the world, although yeah. not anymore. He's, he's yeah. changing gigs. Yeah, he, but he's very good at what he does, and so he built SRAM Senior Edificer. And in fact, when we, I asked him, like, hey, we're going to do this thing, he's like, oh, I already built a SRAM deck. You're but like, perfect. Because he liked the card so much. And so yeah. SRAM Senior Edificer, let's read him, is one in the white for a legendary creature, Dwarf Advisor. He's a 2-2. Two -two. And whenever you cast an aura, equipment, or vehicle spell, draw a card. And I'm going to read the flavor text here because it does matter. Uh, Stram says, As this conflict grows, it gets harder to prevent the city from breaking down. How much longer can we keep this machinery balanced? Oh, I like your Stram. Yeah, so he's like got a lot of machines in front of him. So what do we think about this guy? Is he powerful? Yes. He I... is card draw in white. Hard, easy card draw in white if you build around it. He's already my favorite mono white commander. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Avison's great too, but like SRAM is just there to get you value. Um, why did Wes choose to build this deck? Well, Wes is a guy that loves value. He loves to make optimal plays and to draw a lot of cards. All of the decks I've ever seen Wes play can draw cards like crazy. So in this case, you know, he has the choice. Either you're playing an, uh, an enchantment aura, an equipment, or a vehicle, and you're going to draw a card. You know, Another thing, and I didn't, I just, I didn't really think of this until I saw Wes play the deck, which mm -hmm. is that when you have that amount of stuff, there's a lot of tricky things you can do as far as like a lot of decisions. Because, well, I have ten equipment out. Right. I have two creatures. Which which equipment in which combination goes on which creature? And then what do I do? Yeah, you know, that's totally so Wes. You know, and he's thinking of all these different lines that I'm like, wow, I never would have thought of that. Yeah. So the plan for the deck is very simple. If you put the text "draw a card" on every single card in the deck, it's going to be a good thing. So that's, uh, you know, perhaps unknowingly or with full knowledge, Wes crafted a deck that runs as smooth as SRAM's machinery. So like it's like it. a very Vorthosy deck without him realizing it. Or maybe, I mean, that's what SRAM is. So the plan here is very simple. You play SRAM on turn two, and you just create a powerful, ever-growing, and ever-replenishing board state to strike with lethal force at any chance. So it's kind of like somewhat Voltron-y, somewhat just like board swarmy as well. It's got a lot of different ways to reduce your life total down. It's primarily based in combat. Um, and it's really interesting because it's time to talk about the stats. Mana ramp, two. 
There's two cards that ramp him in this <laughs> like deck. Like, that was anticlimactic after yeah. the stats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so he straight up has like a soul ring and like some other stuff. And there are some cards that reduce equipment costs and stuff. However, for the most part, there is no ramp in this deck. And it, in all honesty, it didn't actually need it. So, I mean, he has he, he has a low man account too because the deck is very low curve. Because yeah, yeah, you want the artifacts and everything to be cheap because you want to play a lot of them because they're going to draw your cards. So. Yeah, and Wes essentially was able to always do what he wanted, always play as much as he wanted because it was low cost and he had a lot of cards that reduced costs of like equipment and stuff. Uh, card draw, I put ninety nine, which isn't true. <laughs> In reality, it's closer to four to five ish. And the card draw isn't even like draw some cards because SRAM itself is a card draw engine. He just didn't focus that much on it. The other cards are like Skull Clamp or Smuggler's Copture because you're looting with it um, and like Mask of Memory. So it's built onto an equipment. So it's not straight like play a spell, draw some cards. It always has something else tied to it. There are two tutors in here, Stoneforge Mystic, Stone Hero Giant, just to grab out equipment. Makes sense. Single target removal. He has your swords and uh, dispatch package in this case because Path has a downside, but dispatch doesn't, and he's it's a ton of artifacts in this deck. And two board wipes. So... Uh, I know Wes wanted to build this so that it wasn't super overpowered. I think if he wanted to, he could increase the board wipes to six. He could put in more single target removal or more, you know, more ways to sort of control the board. Yeah, especially with some equipment, you don't. The board wipes are a lot better, right? Because it doesn't mm -hmm. hit your equipment. Then you play replay SRAM and crew the equipment and put the equipment on. Or sorry, crew the vehicle, put some equipment on it. Like yeah. you can sort of take advantage of board wipes in a way that, that I wouldn't suspect from just, you know before I saw the deck in action, but I think more board wipes would be good. Um, if you wanted to tune this deck yeah. up, for sure. But it still functioned, and it... it oh, the deck was still very good. Smooth as butter. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about some of the categories of stuff. The first is Kilia slash Voltron equipment. So this deck isn't necessarily Voltron, but it can be. For the most part, it's just it wants to hit you with stuff, and equipment is a big part of that. So uh, you want to read this first one? Umazawa's Jite. It's two mana for a legendary artifact equipment. By some accounts, the greatest single card in the history of limited play. Especially now that it says draw a card on it. <laughs> Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage, put two charge counters on Umazawa's Jite. Remove a charge counter from Umazawa's Jite, and you can choose one. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Target creature gets negative one, negative one until end of turn, or you gain two life. This, you know what? Every time you read this card, you just don't understand how good it is. You just have to see it in play before you realize... Yeah. It's just impossible to deal with. It kills stuff. If you block it, it can grow. Mm -hmm. it, you know, once the GTA's got a ton of counters on it, you're just like, ah, you just can't, you can't handle that card. Can't handle it. Sometimes you just take counters off and give a creature minus five, minus five, yeah. and kill it. That has yeah. indestructible or whatever. It's like, it, it just gets it done. And it's very cheap. Two mana and two to equip. Um, he also has the Sword of Series. We're not going to read them off here. Uh, we have all, we're all very familiar with this. If you're watching on the podcast, you'll see all three. Sword of Light and Shadow. Feast and Famine, Fire and Ice. Um, Light and Shadow is great. It helps you get back some of your creatures. Feast and Famine is the best one. Feast and Famine is by far the best one. Um, but even in a deck like this that doesn't need that much mana, they're all very powerful. Mm -hmm. um, and another card that is just sort of like the, hey, check it out, we're playing a lot of equipment on, especially in this deck, Golem Skin Gauntlets. It's a one-mana artifact equipment that says draw a card on it now. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus zero oh for each equipment attached to it. It's the cranial plating of equipment. Yeah. Oh, wait, cranial plating <laughs> is an equipment. 
right. You know what uh, I meant. You yeah. know what I meant. You knew it. You know what I meant. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, obviously you can see here, these are all equipment meant to make your creatures pretty buff, pretty powerful, and have a lot of evasion because all the Sword of series have protections from different colors. So it's a great way to make sure your damage gets in. Um, and obviously you don't need to put this on SRAM either. There are a lot of other creatures in here. There are a lot of helper friends in the deck. And one of them, perhaps one of the most powerful cards in the deck. You want to read it? Pure Steel Paladin. So this is the other card that's being paired with SRAM in Modern for the Cheerios deck. Oh, yeah. It is white-white for a human knight, a 2-2. Whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. So it's SRAM. Just for equipment. Yep. But it also has metal craft. Equipment you control have equip zero as long as you control three or more artifacts. So you can just start willy-nilly moving your equipment from wherever you want, yeah. equip it to whoever you want. This is the when it starts getting tricky because you can sort of move your equipment here, do something, move it over here, do something. Um, yeah, this is part of that modern deck that everyone's trying to mess around with. Yeah, the reason that this is great too is like you you want to spend your mana playing cards to draw cards and equipping stuff. Oftentimes, Wes would have like eight different equipment on the battlefield and equips none of them because he didn't want to pay those costs. He'd rather draw more cards out of his deck by playing equipment from his hand. So Pierce Soap Paladin gets around that, and you also draw more cards now whenever you play yeah, equipment. Yeah, you draw two if you're playing equipment. So. Yeah, which is really, really nuts. So uh, another helper friend is Leonin Shikari. Uh, it's one in the white for a creature cat soldier to 2-2 two -two that says you may play, you may activate equip abilities anytime you could cast an instant. So Talk about getting tricky. Yeah, if you have this and the other guy, you swing with two creatures, they block one, you just swap all the equipment over immediately at instant speed and then just wreck them. Or if you've got the swords out, you can use it as sort of a counter spell because they might point like a you know a black spell at it. Well, feast and famine goes over, and now protection from yeah. So very good card. Um, there's a few tutor helper friends. So like we said before, Stoneforge Mystic and Stonehewer Giant, both similar cards uh, in terms of they, they go find specific equipment, find equipment out of your deck. And then there's also the Tajnar Swordsmith, which I think is really good in this deck because you can be like, oh, I'm playing against a red black player. I need to get this sword out. Tajnar Swordsmith lets you pay extra mana when it enters the battlefield to search your library for an equipment co cost with that mana cost and immediately put it onto the battlefield. So pretty good. You know, you're not paying for the cost to put it into your hand. It goes on the battlefield, yeah. and you are, you know, maybe you can equip it for zero at instant speed at the same time. Yeah, it's tutor and play, always very strong. Yeah. Um, so, of course, SRAM lets you draw cards when you play in a uh, vehicle as well. Wes doesn't have many vehicles in this deck. He does have a couple of them. Uh, one of them, very important, uh, very powerful, is the Heart of Kirin. Very expensive these days because it's standard. That's true. I think he may have opened it at a draft or something and was just like, cool, I'm good. <laughs> um, so Heart of Kirin is two mana for a legendary artifact vehicle. It's a 4-4 four, four with flying and vigilance. It has crew three, so you can tap any number of creatures you control with power uh, three or more, and then the vehicle becomes an artifact creature until end of turn. You may remove a loyalty counter from a Planeswalker you control rather than pay Heart of Kieran's crew cost, which is probably not going to come up very yeah, often. Yeah, not very relevant here. Um, yeah, so it's just... The, the vehicles were a lot better than I thought, especially the flyers. Yeah, this is why it's big. It's because it's a flyer. Yeah, so you could get in, and they were sort of hard to get rid of because they're not creatures on you know your opponent's turns. Right. So they dodge board wipes and things like that. Yeah, the only thing would be sometimes you'd have to waste mana to equip it yeah. onto there, but if you have your pure steel paladin, then you you activate this thing. Slide and the, it over. Crew 3 doesn't even matter at this point because you can just equip a creature to be big enough, slide all the equipment over, bang, hit you for a bunch, slide it back over to something else, and at the end of the turn, it's no longer a creature. 
Yep. Uh, same goes for Sky Sovereign, console flagship. Uh, you guys have seen this big guy around if you've played, uh, <laughs> I don't know, any limited. Hopefully you haven't seen this thing. It's so good in limited. So f- yeah. And it turns out it's still pretty decent in EDH2 because it's a five mana 6-5 flyer with crew three. And whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls. So even just as like a straight single target removal spell, sometimes all you need is lightning bolt damage to kill something important. Like in yeah. Azusa, Lost Betsy. It's Seeker. terrifying Bye-bye. once it gets out because you usually look around at like a lot of your board and you're like, well, yeah. just for free, he can just off like half my stuff. doesn't even need to attack that person to yep. do it. It can just target anything on the board or a Planeswalker even too. Yep. Um, it's actually way better than I thought it would be. Yeah. When he got it out, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. That, that thing's going to do some work. And it, it almost did. The next category is, oh, Cheerios. Yeah, so these are these zero mana cycler equipment. When I talked to Wes about it, he's like, yeah, I have all these cards that say zero mana draw a card in them. I'm like, what are you talking about? Turns out Wizards has made a lot of zero mana cost equipment over the years. Uh, I'm just going to read them all out because they're very, very similar. A quarter shield and Cathar shield do the exact same thing. Uh, zero. It, here's the thing. Like, you play SRAM. This is just a free card out of your hand because you draw another card off the top. Yep. It's really, really crazy when you watch Wes go off. Just play a card, draw a card, play a card, draw a card, play a card, draw a card. He went play SRAM. Play a zero dropped equipment, draw a card on turn two. In one of the games, he played two zero drop equipments. So on turn like two, he had four permanents in play, had already drawn like three cards. Like it was, it was incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, there's also Paradise Mantle. This actually has a little bit more utility because you can use this to tap the creature for mana. And so it has a equip cost of one. However, if this is reduced, then every creature becomes like a Rishkar deck where they can all tap for mana by just swapping it around. Yeah, it's a equip cost of one, and it turns them into a Birds of Paradise, basically. Yeah, which is really interesting. Uh, and then there's Spider Silk Net, which just basically gives a creature reach uh, and like an extra amount of toughness. Most, most of these are just in there because they cost zero. So it's just it's evening out your deck. Yeah. Right, zero mana cantrips just make your deck smaller, basically, because every time you draw them, they don't count as a card. But the upside is that sometimes you do equip and use the thing, so it does have you know some functional use. You and know, it's really tough to game. block something and kill it when it's got like twenty toughness because of all these weird zero drop equipment. Yep. Um, and of course, the enchantment auras in this deck that will allow West to draw even more creatures with SRAM. Angelic Destiny and Conviction are both cards that are repeatable. Essentially, Conviction you can bounce to your hand. Angelic Destiny just makes a creature into a Voltron creature. You see this in Voltron decks all the time. And when the creature dies, you return the Angelic Destiny to your hand. So you're able to play it again if SRAM's out. It also um, gives them plus four, plus four flying in first strike. And makes them an angel. So they're, you know, yeah. they're also smashing people <laughs> until you kill them. And you're like, ah, crap, he still has that card. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Finally, a card that I've been wanting to see get played for a very long time, Sagarda's Aid. You want to read this one? Yep one white mana for an enchantment you may cast or an enchantment spells as though they had flash and equipment spells sorry or an equipment spells yeah. as though they had flash whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under your control you may attach it to target creature you control what? that's without play- paying the equip cost yeah so this card is obviously awesome and you can play this on turn one you can play it, it's like concurrent crossroads the ability is incredibly powerful and you can play it very easily because it's just a one mana enchantment uh, it's so good in this deck, too, because, well, a lot of those zero-cost artifacts, they're sort of mitigated by the fact that they have a high equip cost. Mm-hmm. So if you get Sagarda's 8 out, you, you play a zero-cost artifact, and it just equips to the creature, and you drew a card. And if you know, yeah. if it's another one, you just do that again. Uh. Which is insane, because at instant speed, too, this could be a combat trick. Yep. You swing at someone, I don't block, play three things, equip it all at the same time, I just hit you for lethal. Pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah, so Cigar of the Day, really cool card. Um, it, I think this is one of those cards that will eventually see a lot of 
EDH play in the long run. Um, so again, there's also the protect my stuff category. In this case, it's sort of the get my stuff back because the one thing that this deck is weak to is mass artifact removal. Yeah, um, it really is an artifact deck. You, you Board wipes that hit creatures aren't that bad for it. But man, if yeah. you can destroy all artifacts, it's just like... It's not that... Every time that happened to Wes, or if it happened... Oh, spoiler. Um, he still had a million cards in hand. So yeah. it wasn't like, oh, I'm done. It's just like, oh, my board presence, I got to rebuild it. And he would do so within a turn or two, easily, yeah. without even breaking a sweat, yeah. which is pretty crazy. So second sunrise, one white, white for an instant. Each player returns to the battlefield all artifact, creature, enchantment, and land cards in his or her graveyard that were put there from the graveyard battlefield this turn. So he's able to, he's basically able to recover everything that gets wiped out including creatures and enchantments and lands, too. So if someone did a board wipe for just creatures, he could also still play Second Sunrise, but it does affect every player. Mm -hmm. So in this case, usually if it's all artifacts, Wes wants them all back. Yep. Um, and then there's Open the Vaults, which is a bit more expensive mana-wise, but still pretty good. Yeah, it's four white-white for a sorcery. Return all artifact and enchantment cards from all graveyards to the battlefield under their owner's control. So it just brings it all back. Didn't have to die that turn. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, it's six mana, affects everyone. But again, these effects usually do do that. Uh, but in Wes's deck's case, he's going to be bringing back like 15 to 20 cards. You'll maybe be bringing back three. Yep. So <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. All right, let's talk about some of the overperformers in the deck. SRAM, Senior Edificer, is the single most overperforming card, overperforming card I think I've ever seen in my life at this point. Seriously. I didn't expect this to happen when I played. I was sitting there being like, holy moly, even if Wes doesn't win, he's won in my heart. <laughs> it The deck looks so fun to play. SRAM's sort of the center of it. Just, yeah. man, drawing a card for every card you play is just awesome. Just awesome. Just awesome. Um, Pure Steel Paladin, obviously a huge overperformer, the fact that you can equip at zero. Well, it's just because it's SRAM number two. SRAM number two as well? Oh, boy. And then we didn't talk about this in the vehicle section, but Smuggler's Copter. Uh, you're drawing a lot of cards. Smuggler's Copter is a way to both draw more cards on offense and defense. Very cheap to crew, easy, very evasive, very cheap to play as well, and also will let you loot away stuff that you don't want. So Yeah, that, that card really overperformed. Because I wouldn't think Smuggler's Copter, and I don't think we even talked about it much as a card that even belonged in EDH, but yeah. it's just so efficient, and the looting's really important just because this deck wants to churn through and find its really important pieces. Yeah. So the deck plays smooth as butter. Um, it, this, smooth as butter you know if you really want to have someone have fun playing a deck for the first time and don't they don't really not really familiar with edh you could give them a sram deck and they would have a blast i think i mean you're gonna do a lot of stuff i'm not saying you'll win necessarily but it, you won't feel like at the end of the game well i didn't get to do anything yeah definitely you'll never you'll never yeah. feel that way at the yeah. end of a game you will have played more cards than everybody else probably yeah yeah the interesting thing is that the second question we always ask is was the deck weak to and i said artifact removal but at the same time not really yeah, I think it is still weak to it, but not in the way of a lot of decks because a lot of decks just can't recover that fast. Yeah, you know, a lot of times Wes, all of his artifacts would get, um, <clears throat> all of his artifacts would get removed, and like you said, he'd go, you know, play an artifact, draw a card, play an artifact, draw a card, play an artifact, draw a card, play an artifact, draw a card. He's right, sort of not quite where he was, but close. Yeah, yeah, I think the decks actually weak to the same things that all Voltron decks are weak to, which is just the fact that the formats very tough on Voltron decks because mm -hmm. they get out to these fast starts. Uh, this deck gets out to very fast starts. They start, you know, attacking and swinging, and then they can maybe take somebody out or get somebody low. But then the other person, or maybe they even do that to two players, but the last player sort of gets their mana set up, starts playing their really big stuff, and they just kind of 
outclass the Voltron deck at that at that point because yeah. all that stuff you're drawing that was good in the early game well it's not the early game anymore and so yeah it feels like it's got sort of typical Voltron deck weaknesses yeah it's a tough one there are a couple of creatures in here that make low tokens and stuff so you can kind of go wide but that's not the point of the deck and it's going to be tough because when you're spending so much of your deck just built on drawing you more cards you're often drawing into cards that draw you cards as opposed to cards that will win you the game. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit of a tough balance here. I think Wes did strike a nice one, and it was great to see on camera. It was really fun to watch. I mean, you edited it. You know, you know, you probably smiled the whole time too, I'm sure. I smiled the whole time when we were playing. I was like, man, I wish I was playing that deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say that it the, the way the deck's set up because of all the cantripping and the card drawing, it does mitigate one of the downsides of Voltron, which is that sometimes in Voltron, you, you stack four or five things on one creature, and... You know, even though some of it protects it and everything else, something happens and then you lose all those cards at once. And then in a normal Voltron deck, you might not have seven cards in your hand because not all those cards drew you cards. You might yeah. have two or three in it. It can be feel like, well, I'm done. Yeah. Whereas SRAM, I mean, literally, I don't think there's a point in any of the games where Wes doesn't have seven cards in hand. Yeah. Like he, he was, was discarding too very often. I think most eyes. turns, yeah, he was discarding a card. He was discarding cards. So, all right. Super, super fun. Very fun. All right, to the listeners asking you all a question, what's your favorite legendary from Ether Revolt that you've seen in action? Don't say Paradox Engine. <laughs> it is a legendary, isn't it? <laughs> it isn't a legendary, is it? It is legendary. Oh, thank goodness. Don't say it. Don't say We all it. know when it's in action. Actually, just, just tell us. I don't care. I want to know the coolest stories, uh, whether it's a creature or one of the artifacts. Uh, let us know. If it's the Hope of Gearper. Have you seen the Hope of Gearper deck yet? I would love yeah, to see I haven't one. seen that deck yet, but from what I've seen... SRAM's the best. Yeah, SRAM's the best. Um, <laughs> all right. Make sure to visit cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Pick up your SRAMs. Pick up your SRAMs. Pick up your, uh, I almost said Masters of Modern. Modern Masters 2017. The other one's a podcast, which is our sister podcast, and we'll talk about that later. You're going to want, I mean, you're going to want a copy of Xur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to want. Now all- at a new reduced price because it's being reprinted. Bing. You're going to want to draft that, draft that set, too. Those sets are always super fun to draft. So. Yeah. Even just buying like a couple of packs to have when, when the draft comes around. Uh, I know that the boxes are now on pre-sale now. Yep. Uh, I don't know if it will be up by the time this episode goes around, but you should still check it out. All of the previews are coming out this week, so it's going to be a big hype time for all of that. Uh, just make sure you pay attention to cardcane.com slash command zone to find out when they have new deals up, when they're putting stuff for up for sale. It's uh, just good to know. All right. Time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Do you have anything? I, I could have something. Like, show me what you got. Show me what you got. Um, I'm gonna revisit our our New Year's resolution. Oh yeah, you've been. But I don't know if you guys have noticed. If you're paying attention, Josh has been killing it, man. Look at these biceps. So uh, that's why I'm gonna say is because uh, a lot of people have been noticing, especially last episode. I must have. I must for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I've lost a bunch of weight. And I've been getting in shape. And the best thing about it actually has been we've gotten a numerous emails, people messaging me uh, on our Discord server, mm-hmm. comments, telling their stories of how they've oh. they've gotten in shape Thanks. and the things they've done, um, which is really inspiring. So I hope people keep doing that. I love hearing the stories of how people have how much weight they've dropped, how they did it, what encouraged them to stay, mm-hmm. you know, on their program or get on their program, and just all the incredible gains and, and goals that people have been able to achieve and reach. That is just great to hear. There's so many people out there who are, you know, getting fit, and it's not easy. And it's you know, a lot of these people that messaged me were 300 pounds at one point. It's not like they were athletes their entire life, and they were still able to do amazing things. You know, lose hundreds of pounds, some of them. So. Mm-hmm. 
that is inspirational to me. I just want to say thank you to all you guys. Hopefully, um, you know, I can be some kind of inspiration to you. You can lose weight. I did it. It's, uh, I'm not done. I'm going to keep going. But I'm just saying, fitness is cool. Makes you feel good. And Thanks the magic everybody. man Sam ran the ran the marathon recently too. So congrats to him. That guy's in way better shape than I am. <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're running your marathon, dude. Never. <laughs> never. I don't think I could make like five miles. Like how yeah. do you run twenty six and a half miles or whatever? I mean, it is? everyone I've talked to or asked about it says it is it is a mental test as much as it is a physical one. More even more so mentally, I think. I would fail that test. Because your body can do it. It's just about whether or not your your brain is gonna be like, you should give up at some point. I don't think don't my body up. can do it, Jimmy. If you were being chased by, like, a tiger <laughs> and you had to run 27 miles to save your life, you would be able to do it. I don't know. After, like, seven miles, I'm going to be like, just eat me. I'm good. It's fine. <laughs> you start pouring sriracha sauce yeah. on yourself? You're like, yeah, it's good. I'm great. It tastes delicious. Get over here. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, hey, sriracha sauce, so bonus. Bonus, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, circling back around to something we already talked about, make sure to check out our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. Alex Kessler, Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern for- format and all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. You can find them right next to us on Collected.Company, which is our magic hub. You should definitely check those guys out if you haven't because the set, Modern Masters. Yeah. It's about the format, modern. So you're going to get all those cards, and you want to know what format they're in. Nobody knows that format better than Ben and Alex. Yeah, and they'll tell which decks the cards go in, which ones are their favorite reprints out of all of it. They'll have a lot of insight about that we do not have, so make sure to check them out. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. Thanks, Terry, for making the great video content that you can find at youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. Last week, we had an episode with the Commander Summit. We brought in two other podcasters from Commander and Commander's Brew. That was fun. Uh, Yeah, so if you want to see all of our faces, we have that up right now. Again, youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. And those videos also feature awesome living card animations from Jeffrey Palmer. Thanks, Jeffrey. You can find him online at Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. Also, make sure check out the new game nights. Yes, you get to see these decks in action, see the things that we were talking about happen in real life. All right, everybody. I don't know if it's real. It's like real in the way that reality TV is real. Yeah, exactly. So not real. Yeah, not real. It's real. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, 
which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.